Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. Today's horse is another one who was just as famous for a race that he lost as all the ones that he magnificently won. Yet he will still always be rightly remembered as a legend of the American racetracks. Much is often made of rivalries between horses from different nations during the big international races that attract a cosmopolitan field. It's mostly hot air, of course, but adds to the occasion. It's worth noting, however, that often there is an informal tension, artificial or otherwise, within a horse racing nation itself. In England, there is something of a north-south divide. In France, where things feel more centralised, you tend to be either Paris or everywhere else. In the US, perhaps more so in the past than now, it was all about east versus west. Swaps happened to be west. But by the time he finished, the details of his origins had long been drowned out by the facts describing his relentlessly fabulous career. Swaps was always likely to be slightly looked down upon by the East Coasters, as his breeder and owner, Rex Ellsworth, was a former cowhand, and trainer Mesh Tenney conditioned his horses differently to the norm. He was unapologetically a cowboy first and a trainer second. Both Mormons, they had been friends since third grade in Arizona. To East Coast traditionalists, this was material ripe for a good sly tease. They would ultimately regret this. Swaps's sire, Khaled, was another successful interwar Aga Khan-owned and British-trained horse sold to the US despite promises to the contrary. A striking chestnut, Swaps would memorably be described as a big, gorgeous, bronze statue of a horse, with a noticeably long back and an irresistibly light action that made him appear to float as others floundered. His very start, however, was possibly far less auspicious, as legend has it that he was foaled out of his dam, Iron Reward, with no assistance and in a rain puddle, a story that Ellsworth did nothing to deny. And his two-year-old career was frankly unspectacular. But the step change he would demonstrate over each of the next two years was extraordinary. He started his three-year-old season by ripping up the San Vicente Stakes and the Santa Anita Derby, interspersed with some outrageously fast time trials. In the former race, however, he infected his right front hoof in the dirty mud, a situation that would quietly plague him for the rest of his career. Tenny, ever the resourceful cowboy, took to putting a leather cloth between hoof and shoe to alleviate the pain. But even so, the Californians decided to send their big hope to the Kentucky Derby, with Tenny not taking any chances and allegedly sleeping in Swaps' barn for a full two weeks before the big race. The Derby at Churchill Downs would mark the start of one of the most famous rivalries in US racing, although one has to remind oneself that it consisted of no more or less than two races. With regular rider Bill Shoemaker on board, Swaps was to take on, amongst others, the big eastern hope, Nashua, trained by the affable veteran Sonny Jim Fitzsimmons 
and written by the omnipresent Eddie Arcaro. The Eastern press bigged up the differing origins of the horses, some straying into patronising the cowboys again. In the race itself, Shoemaker, then still a 24-year-old youngster, found swaps very keen and decided to dictate calmly from the front against the trainer's instructions. As they rounded the home turn, Nashua made his challenge and the two drew well clear. But Swaps was not for the taking and determinedly beat his rival fair and square. Arcaro admitted later that he had underestimated his rival. The West Coast press gloated. One writing the rapper-friendly header, East meets West and Swaps is best. Swaps became the first horse who was both Californian bred and trained to win the run for the roses. In a normal year, two things would have naturally ensued. Nashua and Swaps would meet again in each of the remaining two legs of the Triple Crown, and Swaps would, by the law of averages, master his rival again. But there wasn't much normal going on that year. In a break with tradition, Ellsworth and Tenney decided to return their cult to California and take in the sun, the less pressured life, and the impressive purses of the Californian races. For the newspapers, this was predictably a red rag to the bull, further exacerbated when Nashua, a fantastic horse by any standards, helped himself to both the Preakness stakes and, in a nine-length drubbing of his rivals, the Belmont stakes. Swaps, meanwhile, was doing his own thing, and doing it equally impressively. The Will Rogers stakes he took by a huge 12 lengths, after which he won the Californian stakes at Hollywood Park over eight and a half furlongs, breaking the world record for the distance. Incredibly, the official race card comments describing him as taking his victory almost casually were not inaccurate. He was that good. He then polished off the Western stakes and the American Derby, earning himself the nickname the California Comet in the process. But in the background, all the parties of these two top Colts were keen for a rematch, yet couldn't find the right time or place to make it happen. The hubbub had turned into chatter, which itself turned into a raucous, press-driven necessity. The whole situation stank of match race, and so it was, one of the most famous in US history. Bizarrely, the man who made it all happen was Hollywood actor Don Amici, who, when he wasn't anachronistically inventing the telephone, was a keen racegoer and knew the connections involved. A phone call here, a favour called in there, and the plan was all in place. Washington Park, Chicago. Not east, not west, but somewhere in between. Ten furlongs, $100,000 winner-takes-all, game on. Every US race fan knows what happened next. Nashua won. Or perhaps more accurately, Eddie Arcaro did. Old Banana Nose was still the master, and young Shoemaker, who was himself to become a legend, was caught out from the start. As the flag went up, the crowd heard Arcaro roar and start furiously whipping Nashua into the lead. He held the inner, better ground, having had the advantage of the better draw in the first place, but Swaps was clearly suffering from his infected hoof. Shoemaker hadn't wanted him to run, but there was too much public investment to pull him out. Nashua pulled away from Swaps, who couldn't even run straight in the home stretch, such was his pain, to win. It was that race that ended up deciding who would win Horse of the Year, with Nashua taking the honours, even though, 
When the stakes had been fair and even at Churchill Downs, it was Swaps who proved himself superior. As Swaps's injury meant he couldn't run again that year, Ellsworth and Tenney believed that the lack of award for their colt was a travesty and knew what they had to do. Keep him in training as a four-year-old and reveal the truth. Swaps rose to the challenge with incredible ability. His four-year-old career was one for the history books. Sticking mainly to his beloved home track of Hollywood Park, taking many of the valuable handicaps head-on, and despite being burdened with colossal weight, he found a way to win almost every time, sometimes displaying impossible-to-believe splits. To mention but a few, in the Browood handicap, heaving around lumps more weight than his competitors, he broke the world record for a mile and 70 yards. In the Argonaut handicap, he broke Citation's mile world record. In the Inglewood handicap, he broke the eight and a half furlong world record, breaking his own new mile record along the way. In winning the Washington handicap over a mile, he covered the first six furlongs in under one minute, eight seconds, which would have smashed the standing track record for that distance. Each time, he was carrying at least 130 pounds, a weight that Nashua could never carry to victory once. Further, Shoemaker wasn't pushing in any of them. On the contrary, he was holding his superstar colt so tight on some occasions that he claimed his arms were aching afterwards. And it was for a very good reason. Only Ellsworth, Tenney and the jockey himself were aware that, thanks to that nasty ongoing hoof infection, only three of Swaps' legs ever worked properly. Despite this, it was one of the most astonishing seasons of any horse anywhere, all assisted by that incredible pure action of his that seemed to carry the heavy loads on his back so much more effectively than others. This time, there was to be no mistake as to who the horse of the year was in the US. Swaps would retire, holding more speed world records, five in all from distances between 8 and 13 furlongs, than any horse in history. His retirement came about in circumstances both sad and inspirationally poignant. On a training gallop in preparation for the Washington DC International, Swaps shattered his left hind leg, often fatal for racehorses. It needed a special sling in order for it to heal properly, and there weren't many around. But one particular man had a spare one, and sent it quickly to Tenney, Sonny Jim Fitzsimmons trainer of Nashua, a fan of the mighty swaps, and a gentleman to the last. Despite losing 300 pounds as he fought for his life, the brilliant, courageous swaps survived. Hollywood Park wasted no time in commissioning and erecting a statue of swaps and shoemaker, as the racing world wondered what this beautiful colt could have done if all his legs had worked properly. To find out more about swaps and other greats from the past, Check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind. Out now, unavailable online and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and share the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening.